a joyride in what police say was a stolen car leads to the fiery crash that injures a teenager. Local pilots mark the end of the line for an aging warbird, the A-4 Skyhawk. It's a marathon swim at the Jersey Shore as competitors battle the surf off of Atlantic City and the Phillies throw away another one, all that and more, at 11. Willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Quit, quit, quit. Oh, big hey, plop. He's going to aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. Atrocious. The rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing here. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Bye. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Swish FM. This is Chris Wendelkin and Ben Krav. Ben, it has been a busy few days. We apologize for the delay recently yeah. releasing our uh, latest episode here, but it sounds like, Ben, there is some pretty cool stuff in the works over here at Swish FM. Is that right? Yep, yep. We've got a lot of things cooking, a lot of, a lot of pots in the fire, sure. pans in the fire, in the uh, whatever you call whatever it. Whatever the and, saying uh, is, yeah. Yeah, all the all the all the various uh, kitchenware on in it's on fire. Various, uh, off, yeah, in fire yeah. and uh, on fire and inside fire, like large fires in our kitchen. Um, how you doing, uncontrollable. man? What's new? Or how how are you feeling? Are you, you Great, fired up, ready to go here ahead of game six. So fired up for NBA finals. Chris, I'm in love with basketball again. I'm in love with democracy again. Wow. The Democratic National Convention is in full swing at oh, the time of this right. recording. Couldn't be more excited, more jazzed. Um, Busy time of year uh, for to, you. you. You, oh, of yeah. Of course, I mean, work just in the political news media. So the news media business, the, the coolest and best <laughs> business there is. Um, the bubble, full of the bubble incredible, is yeah. The bubble's uh, in full yeah. swing. I mean, this is a very yeah. busy time for you then. We've got the bubble. We've got the Biden. We've got uh, just so much uh, excitement and fun, uh, thrilling glorious uh stuff that uh that is making me nothing but happy yep. and um and joyous and uh is lifting the, my spirits the, um is the post uh, office uh, still uh is that still an the institution post office, that we yep uh, that post works? office is doing doing great okay. we're gonna we're gonna make that great again cool Fantastic. we're gonna get that thing prof we're gonna get that thing turning it turning a healthy profit finally <laughs> finally after all these years um yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome everything's going great and uh yeah cool man so all right well before we hop into uh our rewatch of the nba finals uh, a little housekeeping ben we're asking folks who enjoy the show to please leave us a rating and five-star review in apple podcasts yeah, you, you, got, you, got, you guys got to you got to keep us keep us in that number one slot on the Apple Podcast uh, overall Listen, Apple Podcast. The other charts. Our, our competition is coming for us, man. JJ Reddick, Tommy Alter, these guys are nipping oh boy, at yeah. our heels for that number one uh, spot in the sports category. So yeah. uh, we need to remain at the top of the charts, at the top of the list, Ben. So wherever you get the show, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it may be, leave a five-star review. Leave us a few nice it's words. very important. Makes a big yep. difference. 
little little peek behind the curtain, Chris. We actually have a little friendly wager going with our friend JJ. Mm. Uh, he he said to us the other week, uh, "I'm I'm coming for you, boys. Oh, I'm going to get that number one God. spot." And we said, "JJ, why don't you put your money where your mouth is?" Um, so uh, so yeah, I don't want to reveal the wow. uh, the terms of the bet, but let's just say that uh, someone might be paying someone else a uh, a visit in prison uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, d- depending on, uh, on on how this all shakes out. So wow, please, I, we we need those we need those five star ratings of those comments. Didn't expect Gotta you to reveal that, one. Ben. I thought that was just between the two of us, but of course, Ben. You've <laughs> Sorry, never, that was you've uh, never been shy. Private. You've never been shy uh, about know. peeling it back the curtain over here at Swish That's FM. That's why. I, that's why the listeners love us, Chris. Yeah. We give them the you know the, the real behind the scenes sure. uh, scenes look here. All right. So if you enjoy Swish FM, please drop us a few kind words. Uh, it really helps us out a lot. Other than that, Ben, um, we have been uh, formatting the show with a you know a brief appetizer before the main course here, a little history lesson. Ben, it has been uh, exceptionally busy for the both of us, so we are breezing past today's appetizer, going straight for the meat and potatoes, going straight for the for the main course here, Ben. That is Game mm-hmm. Six, June Game 19th. Six, June nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. Game Six of the NBA Finals. It's nineteen ninety four, Ben, and mm. we are diving in. Curious, uh, what was running through your head as you started this? Of course, the Knicks are winning the series at this point. Three games. Yes, we are up three two. We are on the precipice of our first NBA championship um, of of our lifetimes, Chris. Yep. The the Knicks. It would be their first since nineteen seventy three. Um, yeah, couldn't be more excited uh, for this game. Uh, it really felt like the Knicks had it, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that um, that as uh, it'll be a very enjoyable experience as we go through this and relive um, this great great game. Uh, this great moment in in, in our childhoods. It, hey, it's a seven game series. We're up three games to two. We just got to win one of two, man. We win one of yeah. these next two games, and we are NBA champs. So let's hop sure. into it, man. Pre game, we're playing with house money. house money. I'm feeling easy, easy breezy, beautiful. Yep. No pressure whatsoever. Um, we're just gonna go out there and, and and have fun like a like a like a bunch of kids uh, at a, on a playground. You know, I love that. Uh, let's talk about the pre game. between the New York Knicks and Dire straits, it seems, for the Houston Rockets. But if they win tonight, they're actually a little bit better than even because the home team hasn't lost a seventh game in the NBA playoffs since 1982. And if there is a Game 7, it will be here at the Summit in Houston. A short while ago, the scene as the teams broke out of their locker rooms and headed for the floor. Hello and happy Father's Day, everyone. I'm Bob Costas. The Houston Rockets were solid favorites to win this series when it began. 11 days ago, but now after leading 1-0 and then 2-1 the Rockets face the proverbial must win here Bob Costas wishes us us a uh, happy Father's Day Mm. Um, fun fun little reminder that June 19th, 1994 um, was was Father's Day 
Um, so shout out to all the dads out there. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this even before father's day. So in that Mm. opening pregame introduction on NBC, you know, John Tesh music is playing, right? That opening exterior Mm. footage of the summit in Houston, Mm. it's Mm -hmm. a helicopter shot, Ben. And I, helicopter, what does that make you think of? I cannot let this go, man. (laughs) I'm sure this is how every game was filmed. I'm sure this is how, you know, the introduction began for game one. I'm sure this is how the, the pregame introductions, you know, were during the Eastern Conference Finals and the semifinals. Uh-huh. I know this is not like a new piece of cinematography or footage or whatever it is. But fundamentally, man, moving forward from this moment forward... I am scarred. We are looking at live pictures of Interstate 5 in Los Angeles. We believe that that white vehicle, which is being trailed by a phalanx of California Highway Patrol cars and helicopters, belongs to Al Cowlings, who disappeared with O.J. Simpson earlier today. Shortly after Mr. Simpson was informed that he was going to be formally charged with the murder of his wife and the young man who was with her at the time. It is the latest bizarre development in a string of bizarre and shocking developments that have been going on all day long. I am deeply, yeah. deeply scarred with every aerial shot. Mm. It is inextricably linked to O.J. Simpson and Game 5, man. And I just, I, I won't be able to ever see another aerial shot again before an NBA Finals game um, and not think Yeah, of, and that opening okay. sh- yeah, yeah. I uh, I find my, my eyes, uh, you know, instead of gazing upon that beautiful uh, Houston, Texas skyline, Chris, I, I just find my eyes just uh, kind of involuntarily gravitating uh, instead towards the freeway. The freeway. Uh, and I'm just yes. I'm just looking at the cars. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out what, what I can see down there. If I see, uh, you know, anything out of the ordinary, any uh, any large, you know, white SUV type vehicles. Um, I mean, uh, we driving, are surveillance. That like, 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 sure, we are here to watch a basketball game, but Ben, we are also sort of surveillance, like mm-hmm. looking for, <laughs> looking for anyone who <laughs> might be fleeing the police. Yep, anyone uh, who might be a fugitive from the law, fugitive of the law, wanted for murder, whatever it might be. We are keeping. Yeah, you an eye never out. know where they might where they might turn up. So it's good to have that helicopter, that eye in the sky, yep. ready for, uh, for for anything at any time. I am wondering here at the top of the show. So as as the pregame begins, if Marv, if Bob Costas, Gukas, will anyone make any mention of OJ Simpson? Yeah, um, I know. It was and it's just two days strange, later. How two strange days. the Game 5 experience was. I am wondering yeah. if anyone is going to address like the pink elephant in the room and just mm-hmm. be like, wow, that was a really strange thing that happened. But um, <laughs> there's no mention of it. Like you, like you said, nope. um, you know, we get a happy Father's Day. Uh, it's June 19th, 1994. And everyone is just kind of moving forward with basketball. No, one, no, one's, no one's talking about OJ. Uh, I make note here of Marv's hair. It seems undoubtedly flatter. I think maybe the the lack of humidity, that dry desert air maybe in Houston, it's been mm. a boon for Marv. 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no mention of O.J. Simpson. We are sticking to basketball. And the Knicks were certainly delighted to see Patrick Ewing rediscover his shooting touch in game number five at Madison Square Garden. But of most significance on the defensive end, at times Ewing has been guarding a head up on Akeem Olajuwon. Other times it's been all kinds of combinations that has allowed Patrick Ewing the ability to roam. As a result, we are seeing Bill Russell-style defense from Patrick Ewing. Well. Hannah Storm reports that Vernon Maxwell came out with a guarantee. And Vernon Maxwell even came through with a guarantee saying, we will win tonight, Mark. Very brash, very very emotional of, of Vernon to say that. Yeah, so it seems like everyone is expecting this just to be a normal basketball game. Yeah, Bob uh, Bob is sitting uh, right next to the uh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy itself. Yeah, uh, it is it is in the building. Yep. As we know, this is a, a potential... Um, finals uh ending uh basketball game uh that we we are about to watch so the everyone is ready for the celebrations they're ready for the trophy uh award ceremony uh if it if it uh, if it is necessary here in game six. Oh, also i should note this is a sunday game which we which we love chris we love our sunday games sure. uh sunday games have never gone badly for us as knicks fans <laughs> so i'm excited for another sunday game to uh to add to the list All right, let's hop into it, man. Let's hop into quarter one here. We're going to breeze as much as possible through the first couple of quarters and then uh, Mm. hop into some more specific moments in the, you know, later moments of the fourth quarter. Sorry, one last thing for the uh, for the pregame. I uh, I have to know we've 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 mentioned this before, but uh, I don't know if you felt this, Chris, but that uh, that that palpable energy, that excitement when you heard the. the, the opening notes to Alan Parsons' project, and you're thinking, oh boy, here we go. The Chicago Bulls are back in the NBA Finals. Yeah. We're talking about Michael Jordan. We're talking about Scottie Pippen. Right. Let's see if uh, if Jordan can go for the four-peat. Sure. Um, and uh, I, was, I was just so jazzed up to hear the uh, the Chicago Bull, the, the uh, iconic uh, Chicago Bulls playoff intro music. By Alan Parsons Project. Um, oh well, wait, no, never mind. It's it's actually the, the Houston. Rockets. Wait, did Otis Thorpe not play with MJ and Scotty and uh, Dennis Rodman and? Yeah, it was confusing. Wasn't because it Vernon Maxwell it, running the point with uh, MJ yeah. and Scotty? <laughs> I think I think Vernon was the point guard for those for those early mm. '90s Bulls teams. Um, but yeah, then when I started to get a little confused when they uh, when they introduced Kenny Smith, because I was like, wait a minute, Kenny Smith. How is he starting? Because Michael Jordan is is the starting shooting guard for this team. Um, Wasn't it Matt so, yeah, Bullard was, that hit that game-winning shot for the uh, Yeah, we all remember Matt Bullard versus the Phoenix Suns sure. in 93. Yeah, yep, yep. clutch performance by Bullard. Um, yeah. All right, quarter one. So uh, the Knicks come out. They miss their first four shots. Um, and As you do. <laughs> uh patrick i uh i have patrick with a great feed to charles smith for a dunk uh houston's up about four to two john starks connects from downtown starks john starks hits from downtown john starks a player who has come up very big in the fourth quarter the last two games in particular from three-point range has brought the knicks within one hunting haunting hearing mm. that john starks is connecting connecting early from downtown and uh, yeah he switches the corner three yeah so it's um, six to five houston yeah patrick ewing also very very active on the defensive end early um mm. 
He rejects uh, Otis Thorpe on a, on a drive. Uh, he also rejects Elijah one at one point. But, dude, we need to talk about his rejection of Robbie. Corey, off the spin, rejected by Ewing. That's his third block this first quarter. Ewing the track. The Robert Ory finger roll. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, that is a filthy filthy yeah. block my god so that's his third block of the game we're in the we're in yeah the, in the first five minutes in of the, the first game. five minutes he already has three blocks and man yeah I this is say, of course coming off the the uh, uh nba finals single game uh record tying eight blocks in game five yep um so yeah ewing was uh really really felt like he was it's just I mean, getting after it. Yeah, I kn- I know we keep having these moments, but I miss Patrick. I miss I miss him. I miss this brand of basketball. Just like a fucking hulking monster, just sitting mm-hmm. in front of the rim in the paint, just like daring anyone and everyone to try to put the ball in the cylinder. Uh, misty eyed man. Like I'm I'm uh, very uh, verklempt here watching Patrick do his thing. Like in his in his prime, like in his element, just being a garbage monster, just like a trash monster, just swatting stuff away. Yeah, just inhaling everything. Yeah, just being an absolute like hulking beast. Um, <laughs> he reminds me of like the furnace in Home Alone. Do you remember when Kevin McAllister <laughs> is in his basement and the furnace oh, yeah. just starts like talking to him? Yeah. making like nightmare noises yeah. and like glowing that's yeah. kind of like what i think of when i think of like patrick guarding the rim which is like mm-hmm. this is just an absolute like swamp monster that you do not dare to you know mess with and something yeah. that like we see throughout the course of the game is the game like the rockets houston's approach was fundamentally different when patrick was out of the game um, oh yeah it might, it might sound kind of obvious but like to see it and be reminded of it is like just really something because they got really aggressive attacking the paint and attacking the rim when Patrick was on the bench. And when he was in the game, they tried a couple times and there it's just like pretty clear that it was just pointless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty much why Pat Riley did not take him out of the game. Sure. For, he, he played 45 minutes in this game. Charles Smith hits a jumper. It's 11, eight, Houston calls a timeout. Yeah, Houston calls a timeout, and then out of the timeout, incredibly, the Knicks defense, you know, normally after a timeout, you know, you, you have a, a good play that you draw up, um, that you try to execute. Uh, the Knicks defense forces a 24-second violation on Houston uh, following uh, their timeout, which I thought was pretty incredible. How about the graphic coming out of the timeout about Patrick's blocks? He now has the most block shots in, final, in, in, a, in a final series with 27 Besting Kareem, right. Bill Walton, and Hakeem. It's just, like, insane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hakeem in the very same series is, like, what, fifth on the list or something yep. like that? Yeah. Charles Oakley hits a baseline jumper mm-hmm. after another Rockets turnover, which elicits booze. Booze, yes, Chris, dude. from the home Houston Rockets crowd. Bad pass. Rockets give it right back. Oakley. The Knicks lead 15-8. to eight. And the Rockets are here. 
would be up even more as the Rocket defense is very soft right now. 22nd timeout taken by Rudy Tomjanovich. 8-0 run put together by the Knicks. They're only down seven at this point. It's eight, it's 15 to eight, but they'd had like, it was like their fifth turnover. Yeah, the Knicks look like they can win the NBA championship. I was like, they yeah. look good. They look confident. Rockets are on their heels. The fans know it. Like, we know it. We can win the NBA championship tonight. This is totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we've proven over the previous five games and the first five minutes of this game that we are, like, a slightly better team. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, Like, we, you know, at at one point, I think it was Vernon Maxwell gives a quote later, which we'll mention when it comes up in the broadcast. But um, he talks about... uh, how the Rockets, or maybe it was Mario Ely, um, how the Rockets had had completely like conformed to the Knicks' style of basketball, um, which could not be more accurate. Um, again, later in the in in the game, they'll show a graphic of like the the Rockets scoring uh, in the pre, uh, playoffs and then in the finals against the Knicks, and it's like mind blowing uh, the the contrast. Um, so clearly, like, yeah, the Knicks were, like, just controlling things. Like, they were completely dictating the flow of the game, the style of the game. Um, you know, Houston was like a, uh, I mean, they weren't like a high flying, you know, they were like middle of the pack offensively uh, in the regular season uh, in, in the playoffs. But, like, they had, like, a pretty, like, wide open offensive style. You know, they shot lots of threes. It was, like, you know, a really inside-out game with Olajuwon and all their three-point shooters on the perimeter. Um, and the Knicks just, like, completely took that away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they mentioned so over and over again how the Rockets guards had just played disastrously, I think is the, is the word that Marv Albert uses at one point to yeah. describe Maxwell and Kenny Smith. Um, and uh, yeah, the Knicks were just controlling things, like just very easily, calmly, just like strangling the life out of this, this Houston basketball team. Um, so yeah, I'm um, sure that things would just continue like that uh, yeah. as we move forward. I have uh, Hakeem with a great feed to Robert Ori. Hakeem hits a fadeaway over Charles Smith. It's now 15-12. The Oakman hits an 18-footer. Oakley, yes. The next 17, the Rockets 12. Oakley with three of four from the field. He has six points. Yeah, man, he hits that shot, and I was like, God, imagine if, if he was able to stretch out that shot behind the three-point line. Like, he, which I'm fully sure he could he would be well he did later in his career yeah he would be lethal in today's game and i was trying to think of like i don't know who who's the guy that he would be but like he would be a rich like a really bruising he'd be like a very rich man's marcus morris like he he would be like a a more bruising intimidating um higher energy marcus morris which I think right, is a right. big compliment to Marcus Morris. But, you know, like this sort of guy that's extremely rugged, that has like a sneaky jump shot. Like you didn't think he would be a scorer, but like turns out he kind of is. Yeah, something like, uh, I'm like trying to look up like the the uh, the NBA's like current like top rebounders. Right. I mean, like, like I guess like a like, sabo- like kind of Sabonis-y, um, DeMontis Sabonis that is, in terms of like, a guy who gets boards, but also can can shoot, can stretch out and shoot threes. Yeah, um, I think like the but there really aren't that many. Yeah, the the difference is that what Oakley pr- 
provided that I don't think Sabonis does is it was so much about like intimidation, like like yeah. his well, sure, yeah. his greatest asset basically was not a stat. It was just kind of like a vibe. <laughs> Um, right right uh i mean like you know he was he was a great statistical player but it was just sort of like his like energy uh and vibe on the court that was just sort of incredible but um yeah for sure ben i have us down for our first no our second nick's illegal defense absolutely fantastic Mm. very exciting to see that sam cassell hits a technical foul shot it is 17-13 Knicks. Oakley deflects a ball, forces a turnover. Mm-hmm. Robert Ory hits a three. There's a long jumper from Patrick Ewing. It's 19-16 Knicks, another Robert Ory three. And basically, we're nearing the end of quarter one. Uh, it's all tied at the end of quarter one, 21-21. Patrick has six points, three boards, four blocks. Hakeem has six, five, and two blocks. Other than that, any sort of thoughts observations before we hop into quarter two yeah it was a game it was like a quarter where it really felt like the knicks controlled and should have been up by like seven eight maybe nine points at the end of the quarter um but instead it was tied uh at the end of at the end of one and i was like what how did that happen i'm like going back over my notes and i'm like uh robert ori just like made a couple open threes um he actually played an amazing first quarter he had a a really sick uh drive and like a little like spinning behind the back pass um to Olajuwon uh in the paint do you remember that where he like kind of like spun in oh man and almost did like a John Stockton like kind of like like as he's spinning like kind of like throws it behind his oh, hip God, um, yeah kind of deal yeah 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 fucking fucking sick um and yeah reminder that this is coming off uh it was game four when he had that like really scary fall um and like bruised his tailbone um and it was like questionable whether he would even play in game five um so the guy's like playing like pretty injured and and like i gotta gotta give a give a shout out to robert ori because he uh he definitely like impressed me a lot um uh in this quarter so yeah it's 21 all at the end of the first um second quarter opens up with sam cassell calmly draining a three-pointer rockets are suddenly up by three um oh and then who is it chris it's our favorite, Venezuelan, Carl Herrera. Herrera. Yes. Carl Herrera. An impressive 5 of 8 for 11 points, plus 3 steals the other night in New York. He hits his first shot, I believe, with about a minute a, a minute into uh, the second quarter. Rockets are now up by 5, 26-21. Mm. little jump hook from, from, from Carl. And uh, that would not be his only basket. God, no. <laughs> Here in the first half. I mean, just the, this guy, man. Like, what I do, I, I, like, com- I do not I completely remember. did not remember him at all, yeah. I, I had a complete blind spot uh, in my memory. Good player, man. Like, I, I remembered him uh, as a player, for sure, but I, like, do not had I didn't have like PTSD I, memories. I don't even really remember him as a player. Like if you were like, yeah, do you remember the name Carl Herrera? I'd be like, kind of, in the same way that it's like I kind of remember Leandro Barbosa. Like like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah, I think he was pretty good. Like you know, but I would. Well, not. he was just famous because he was Elijah Wan's backup. Like that was, but he was yeah. so much more. I always imagined it was like, oh yeah, Carl Herrera. He comes in and plays like you know eight ten minutes a game as Elijah Wan's backup. But it turns out he wasn't that was supposed not the to case. be good. Like if you're if you're Hakeem's backup, you're supposed to be just like serviceable. You're not supposed to like contribute. Mm-hmm. 
but unfortunately he was like a meaningful player for them which i don't remember that being the case and he could really move around like he they played him a lot at like um like small like uh small and power forward so he'd be out there with hakeem um see like i didn't even remember that he was hakeem's backup to me i i just thought of Mm. him as a four as as a four man you know like like as a as a power forward but right yeah so herrera has a jam inside it's now 28 to 27 houston's up um Cassell with a driving layup. The the Rockets are up three, 30 to 27. Patrick is on the bench at this point, and the rim is wide open. Right before that is uh, where they bring up the scoring, the Rockets scoring average. Um, there's a little graphic at about, uh, fuck, I'm not sure what the uh, exact time code is. But, uh, mm. but anyway, yeah, it flashes on screen here. Rockets scoring average in the regular season was 101.1 points per game. In the first three rounds of the playoffs, it was 101.9 points per game. And in the NBA Finals against the New York Knicks, it was 85.4 points per game. Like, yeah. <laughs> just I mean, like, let's completely, be like, they're, they were, just, they, they're playing a different, they're playing a different game. No. Yeah. They're, to be clear, they're playing a different sport. They, like, they were playing yeah. basketball teams through the, West, you know, through the first two, three rounds of the NBA, final, uh, NBA playoffs. And then they were basically facing like the fucking Chicago Bears or the Pittsburgh Steelers defense here with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, it was just like, yeah, it was just like a totally different thing. Um, yeah. yeah, and then right after that, they, they flashed this quote by Mario Ely that I mentioned earlier. It says, quote, we've been playing their style. We won a lot of games this season, making teams adjust to our game. I don't know why we're changing all of a sudden. To which I say, Mario, I think I'm, I'm, I might have an idea why, why you're changing all of a sudden. I'm pretty sure that Rudy Tomjanovic didn't uh, look at his whiteboard in the locker room and say, hey, guys, I have an idea. Yeah. I think we should only average 85 points a game this series <laughs> because uh, <laughs> that'll really help us win. Yeah, maybe if we only um, aim for 85, we can come, come away with a W. Yeah, man. Yeah. Patrick's, so Patrick's on the bench, like I mentioned. Cassell gets, uh, gets to the rim with a driving layup. And, dude, you mm-hmm, could just mm-hmm. see the effect. Like I was saying before, you could just see the effect of Patrick being on and off the floor. Like when he's on the bench, yeah. the Rockets are in attack mode. Everyone gets aggressive. Every, you know, like everyone's wise, eyes widen. You know, they're licking their chops. People get aggressive in the paint. Horry's going, Horry's going up for dunks. Cassell mm-hmm. is like a fucking kamikaze going to the rim. Hakeem is just looking to feast. They are lobbing it into Hakeem every time. And when Patrick's in the game, that's not the case. And again, yeah. he's the furnace like from home alone. He's just sitting there growling in front of the rim. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Carl Herrera now, he's fucking three for three. Uh, I have a, a Carl Herrera unstoppable, out. unstoppable in all caps. Um, yeah, just driving into the lane. Uh, Look, I yeah, can I, I, I can live with like us losing to Hakeem Olajuwon. I can yeah. live. I'll even say like I can live with us losing to Sam Cassell. I can live with us losing to Robert Ori. Like these guys are Hall of Famers. You know, uh, in the case sure. of Ori and Cassell, maybe borderline Hall of Famers. Same Vernon Maxwell. Like really, really great players. I do yeah. not want to lose. I do not want to go down <laughs> losing to Carl Herrera. Like I, I just that is not okay. Um, Pat, yep. Patrick connects for a long jumper, 35 to 29. Houston is up by six with about four minutes and change left. Um, yeah, that jumper by Ewing breaks a very long cold streak, uh, for the Knicks. And then Hakeem with a fucking gorgeous spin. Oh, the rookie again. Here's a large one. Gorgeous spinning jump shot. Ten points for a 
God, yeah, just fucking rolls. I mean, just like spins like butter. Like he's a fucking top hat, just spinning off. Everything is. It's so like fluid and like and like beautiful looking. It was like every move. It's like, like a there dance was move. no. Yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't like he was like sort of like you know pivoting and like and like reacting to his defender. It was like he had this like no. completely fluid start to finish motion, like all planned out in his head, and he just goes out and executes it flawlessly as if like no one else is on the court. It was with basically him. choreography. Like, it was it, it was just yeah. like dance choreography that it was performing. It was like how. What? Like, like you know what I yeah. mean? It, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was a magician. Yep, absolutely. And then Carl Herrera, man, he is fucking killing us. He's now five for oh. five. Yeah, he has not missed a shot now in five attempts. Uh, he has 10 points, putting the Rockets up by nine, 41 to 32. No big deal. Car Herrera just completely fucking unstoppable uh, in the NBA Finals. Patrick has then called for a foul, and it feels for p- pushing Hakeem out of bounds. And it, Yeah, that I, was a bullshit call. It feels like the momentum is turning at this point where I'm like, uh, I, yeah. I don't know if we're going to be able to win this game because... It just feels like there's like weird energy. There's something weird happening. The Rockets are now shooting 75% in the second quarter. Yeah. 75%. I think the weird thing that's happening is that the Rockets are shooting 9 of 12 in the second quarter, um, which is slightly better than the uh, Knicks, who are shooting 4 for 11. Uh, yeah, that's not as good as nine for twelve. Uh, John Starks gets probably, to the back. Yeah, it's 43 to 36. Um, Maxwell connects for a three, 46, 36. And, uh, and that's how we go to the half with the Rockets up by 10. I will confess, Ben, like, you know, I, I I feel like this started with OJ and it's, it's, (laughs) it's now kind of just where I'm at with this series, which is like, I am descending into madness. Um, yeah. And my focus, you're, you're thinking about murder. Yeah. And yeah. my focus is admittedly not as razor sharp as I would like. And there are just moments where I'm just kind of in and out of consciousness and just in and out of yeah. sort of my dream state. Like it's it's unclear whether what's happening is real or a dream. And so if there are moments that I sort of miss, if there are things that I misremember, it's just because I'm sort of in a fugue state. Um but yeah, Ben, so the New York Knicks, uh, a professional basketball team, are <laughs> at the half of a mm. deciding game, a game that could win them the NBA championship. They are at the half, yeah. and they have 36 points, Ben. That is... Yeah, yeah they scored... Uh, the they scored fifth of for two quarters, not one. That is two, two quarters. quarters of professional basketball. They have 36 points. They scored. They scored 15 points in the second quarter. Chris, is that uh, is that good? I don't. I, I mean, it's not ideal. I'm not sure if that's. Uh, uh, you'd love to see a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, yeah, but it, it is definitely not ideal. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I believe that the uh, Knicks as a team scored five more points than Carl Herrera in the second quarter. Oh God. Yeah, they. Uh, they. I think they. They missed their last four shots of the half. And then I love that uh, they actually had the ball for the final possession of the uh, of the first half. Uh, but then it was poked away from behind, uh, and uh, they didn't get a shot off. Um, yeah, yeah. They uh, they note that. Um, oh, actually, I think the Carl Herrera had. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right. So uh, on the game, Carl Herrera is the second leading scorer. Tiso is the official watch 12. of the NBA. Um, there is. It's a Swiss a watch brand with a broad range of high quality watches at attractive prices. They bring performance and style to the game by offering painstakingly is the official watch of the NBA. Stylish and authentic it's watches. It's a Swiss watch brand Tiso with a broad range of high quality watches of its classic, sport, and contemporary collections while committing to make excellence accessible to everyone. They offer a great variety from touch watches to sport to classic and trendy. Each one of Tissot's timepieces delivers quality, performance, and traditional luxury. Shop the latest timepieces at us.tissoshop.com. That's us.tissoshop.com. watch brand jewelry stores nationwide. Quality watches. Follow the hashtag. This is your time. And tissot.us on Facebook and Instagram for more information about Tissot. So, okay, Ben, um, what our audience needs to know right now is that we had an audio glitch. Every podcaster's worst nightmare um, mm-hmm. is that their equipment, I guess, uh, shits the bed. And mm-hmm. our equipment here shit the bed for the last 45 minutes. But thankfully, the good news is, Ben... All that means is our audience doesn't have to listen to us talk about the third quarter. So we have yeah. everything that happened in the first half, uh, Great. audience knows about. And Ben, now we are just going to pretend like the third quarter never happened. We will go immediately into the fourth. And, Perfect. Um, so let's go from there. Uh, all you guys need to know is that uh, basically the Knicks have continued to torment us and torment us and torture us. We're spiraling into madness. We're dreaming about just healthier ways to spend our life and our time. And mm-hmm. uh, But we have our eye on the prize, which is uh, getting through this series. We are so close we can taste it. Then um, there is a Miller Genuine Draft moment that, that uh, pops on the screen. Pat Riley uh, is at the beginning of this commercial. It's very upsetting. And... Um, and uh, and and yeah, we are back. Um, <laughs> we are back here. Where do you want to pick up, Ben? Where do you? We are back. Where, where do you want to? We pick are one hundred percent back. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's kick things off with the Miller Genuine Draft, genuine moment. Right. Uh, that's always our favorite part of any basketball game. Miller Genuine Draft presents Genuine Moments. Ah, that music. <laughs> yep. Um, Got to play the the theme song. Uh, feel on, you, you feel all the feels. You hit on something in our first draft of this mm-hmm. um, episode, which was the initial like chord of the Miller Genuine Draft Miller music Genuine draft is so halting and oh, so yeah. um, really uh, terrifying. Like it really stops you in your tracks. That sort of um, yeah, the, the stabs, the dun yeah dun dun. And um, I have to say, man, as someone that has been experiencing uh, 30, uh, like 25 years now of PTSD from mm-hmm. this playoff series, I have to say, what an incredible music choice by our friends at Miller Genuine Draft 
to sort of underscore oh, my trauma. Music, yeah. yeah, to sort of like what a what a mm-hmm. perfect way to underscore my uh, 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 trauma- uh, tra- traumatic experience. Um, so uh, yes, we have a Miller Genuine Draft moment. Um, and then where do we go from here, Ben? So uh, can we talk about the John Starks three? Starks unleashing, hits the three, John Starks, who has terrorized the Rockets in the four. Knocks down a three-pointer, it's a 72-66. Houston leads. John Starks hits a big three. The Knicks are down. Uh, they, they're down, you know, going into the quarter. Uh, um hits the jumper. Mario Ely drives in. Uh, Rockets are up nine. It kind of looks like they're like starting to pull away a little bit. But with nine minutes left in the in the game, John Starks answers with a very big three, uh, his first bucket of the quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And at this point, we should note that uh, Marv and Matt have, have had mentioned on the broadcast that uh, John Starks' fourth quarter heroics in the uh, previous two games, uh, which, of course, the Knicks won. In each of the fourth quarters of games four and f- uh, five, Starks had 11 points um, in the fourth, uh, powering his team to victory. So that was like already kind of like a storyline. Like, can he do it again? Um, I think going into the fourth, Starks only had something like 10 or 12 points um, in the uh, first three quarters of the game. Had been pretty quiet. But he opens things up. The big three pulls the Knicks within six, 72-66. Um, Let's see. Dude, uh, a little bit Greg later. Anthony, how about the Greg Anthony block on Sam Cassell? Oh, at yeah. Three pl- at the three-point line, and then Anthony tumbles into the crowd. It's like, God, yeah. I fucking love this guy. Love Greg, Greg Anthony. Anthony. You know, uh, Pat Riley obviously like doesn't really care for his bench players um, in the NBA Finals, so he, I think that he'd play like 10 minutes maybe this game. Actually, wait, I want to double-check. Oh, Greg Anthony played eight minutes uh, in game six. Um, he, uh, yeah... <laughs> Wow, yeah. Riley really tightened up his rotation um, in the NBA Finals. Uh, the starters each played, uh, you know, in the in the 40s. Anthony Mason played 28 minutes. And besides those six men, uh, Greg Anthony was the next uh, highest uh, minute getter with eight. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the next rotation. Six men, basically. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, Anthony with a, comes up with a great defensive play there, blocking a corner three. Starks hits a pair of uh, free throws. He has at this yeah. point he has all six points for the Knicks in the fourth quarter. It's a four point game now, man. It's seventy two sixty eight. Houston is up by four points with eight minutes and thirty seconds left. And uh, damn, man, like we are within striking distance now. Yep. Suddenly we're within four, and then who is it? John Starks gets wide open in the corner. Starks, wide open. John Starks lost his man, and he has brought the Knicks within two. Looks like a three. It's got to be a three. Uh, no, of course it is a long two, um, but that pulls the Knicks to within two. John Starks now has all eight of the Knicks points in the fourth quarter, and we're only like four, four and a half minutes in at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they, they mentioned again that he had 11 uh, in the fourth in both games four and five. Um, Olajuwon, though, answers with a very, very tough fadeaway over Ewing, puts the Rockets back up four with seven minutes and 15 seconds left now. Uh, Anthony Mason hits a baseline jumper, back to within two. Uh, timeout at 647 mm. left to go. Houston now has nine points in the quarter. John Starks has eight. So, dude, so coming out of the commercial break here, 
we get, uh, you know, you hear the NBA on the NBC, NBA is, brought on to NBC you by. is brought to you by cold filtered Miller Genuine Draft. Get out of the old, get into the cold by Visa. It's everywhere you want to be. And the all new Mitsubishi Galant. Filled with your favorite things. Everywhere you want to be. And by the all-new Mitsubishi Galant. Filled with your favorite things. Oh, that's incredible. Is that special? Filled with your favorite things. Filled with your favorite things. What an incredible... I was just... I'd resign myself that we would not be seeing any more... I don't know how... I I think I just kind of breezed through the little intro to get back into the game action, maybe. Um, but wow, that was a great, great catch, Chris. The Mitsubishi Galant, of course, all of our listeners know, is the um, the official um, uh, luxury sedan of Swish FM. Yeah, dude. At uh, this point, are... I am, um, you know, like I said, I am I I am not quite in the hallucinatory state of Game One, but mm. I am desperately seeking out. Um, <laughs> I am hallucinogenics. I am desperately seeking for opportunities to escape this reality, the pain of yeah. where I know we're going. So when I see mm-hmm. a Gallant uh, ad, I am. It has my attention. Um, yeah, you're grabbing onto that thing like yes, a life preserver, like a fucking life preserver, man. Yeah, yeah. I am pulling yeah. the ripcord. Just get me out of here. Get me out of here. And that's but, totally understandable. Uh, we will not be going anywhere. We will not be going anywhere, Ben. Uh, Sadly, the the Mitsubishi Galant Life Preserver is made of lead. Yeah, it is a two-point game, and uh, Charles Oakley brings the Knicks within two points here, and then John Starks. says John Starks unconscious from three uh around with with what five minutes 15 seconds left is that right yeah 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 it was a great play by Anthony Mason he has it way deep in the post um and kicks it out with this like incredible little like skip bounce pass um out to a wide open uh Starks at the three-point line uh who swishes another three uh Starks now has 11 points in the fourth quarter we still have five minutes to go uh, it is 78-77. Rockets up by one. What a pass, um, man, from Mason. Like, let's right, dude. Let's talk about yeah. that pass. I mean, I know, it's, I know. It's, it's 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 like a backhanded bounce pass that he f- throws from under the basket to the top of the key. I mean, yeah, that is like, is that a thirty foot pass? Like, how long yeah. is that pass? Like he's like skipping a, a stone on a fucking lake. Yeah. It is like a thirty foot one bounce pass to John Starks at the top of the key from the bottom of the paint, and Starks swishes the three. And um, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So what is the score Huge. at this point? One point game. One point. Yeah, seventy eight, seventy seven. Five minutes to go in a potential NBA Finals winning game six. Um, in Houston, uh, Charles Oakley grabs a rebound, uh, sees Starks cherry picking, and launches a huge outlet pass that just sails out of bounds. Just fucking airmails it, man. Very frustrating. Airmails Starks it. is wide open. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Vernon Maxwell. Oh, uh, yeah. Elijah hits a couple of free throws. Maxwell hits a free throw. It's eighty-one seventy-seven with three fifty to go. 
Kenny Smith now drills the, a three, right? We have a next yeah. timeout. Smith with a with a back-breaking yep. three-pointer um, puts the Rockets up 84-77. Timeout Knicks. Three minutes and 17 seconds left now. And it's it just feels like at this point, like, okay, this Rockets weathered yeah. the storm. Yep. They've, they've regained composure. They're up seven, three minutes to go. They're probably going to just close this one out pretty easily. Um, oh, some fun little trivia for you, Chris. Um, uh, Kenny Smith with that three-pointer. Um, uh, we should we should uh, talk a little bit about his background. Do you know where he grew up, Chris? Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith. <laughs> Think really hard now. Um, it's not where you you would expect because keep in mind he plays for the Houston Rockets. So oh, maybe you're thinking he, like, was he from Houston? No, Chris. He was not from Houston. Believe it or not, he mm. grew up in none other than Queens, New York. Oh, Queens. He doesn't play for the Knicks. He does not. I don't want to confuse you. He's not a a New York Knicks player, but he actually was born and grew up in New York, wow. rooting for the Knicks. And you're saying yeah, that now is he a, plays for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, it's deeply ironic um, and very interesting. Wow. So I just wanted to note that bit of trivia. The levels um, of significance there, I, I just kind of can't uh, process it. Yeah, right? Kind of can't I mean, process it. So you're saying he's a hometown kid, but now he's playing for the other guys. Yeah, it's like a Dickens novel. It's it's crazy, right? Wow, that is something. Yeah, under under yeah, three yeah. minutes now. Charles Oakley misses a shot. Uh, Thorpe rips down the rebound, and uh, yeah, like you said, it, it seems like Houston's going to pull away here. Yeah, um, they're still up seven. There's two minutes and thirty seconds left now. Yep. Um, and then, as if like it couldn't get any deeper into the despair, um, the Knicks force a twenty-four second violation. Great, great defensive stand there. And then they have the ball back. Ewing misses a, a little jump hook. Uh, the Rockets appear to control the rebound, but they bobble it. And somehow Derek Harper gets it wide open for a very simple uh, jumper right at the elbow. But he misses that two. Olajuwon collects the rebound. Two minutes to go now. Rockets still up seven. And you're like, okay, this is just put, put us out of our misery. This game has got to be done. The Knicks have now missed six shots in a row. Um, and you're like, okay, let's, let's wrap this up folks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, wrong because Robert Ory misses a three. Yeah. What? Ewing and grabs an outlets to Starks. What yeah. a move by John Starks. Ewing rebounds. And here comes Starks. Starks all the way. Oh, what a move by John Starks. Elijah Wan did not want to pick up number six. There's like a little like jump step and then just kind of like floats one right over uh, Olajuwon, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, now, crazy, just like head down, like I'm just getting a bucket here. Hakeem didn't want to pick up his sixth foul. So That's right. He, yep, Starks he, knew that he had five, so he was aggressive. So Starks so went right at him, said, you know, like, yeah. hey, like foul me if you want, but I'm going to the rim here. So Starks with a big basket makes it 84-79. Houston's up five. Yeah, One Starks now has 13 left. points, 13 points in the fourth quarter alone of this game. Just really, like, there's no, there's no, the Knicks are not generating any offense whatsoever outside of John Starks. Yep. And then, dude, <clears throat> on the very next play, Starks yeah. steals the ball. So he steals it from Maxwell and deflects it off of him. Shots all look very tentative, and there are gambles on the steal here as he goes 
reach for the ball there, and the referees ruled that on the little spin that at last hit Vernon Maxwell. And it's Nick Ball. We have a Nick turnover. Yeah. And right at half court, yeah, Starks forces the turnover. Um, incredible, incredible defensive play right after the offensive uh, wizardry. Um, and I'm just like, I don't, I didn't remember like these insane. I mean, this is again, this is just complete loss to history because of, of, Call of it what, what happens like, subsequently. Hero- heroics, like that. heroics. That's exactly that's yeah. exactly the word I had in my notes. This I is, said I did not remember these absurd fourth quarter heroics. This, this is a potential finals clinching game, and John Starks is out there doing like Michael Jordan level shit. This is Reggie Mil- Like this is Starks's Reggie Miller moment where he's like, "Fuck it, I'm putting the team on my back. Like I am single handedly." gonna change the story and narrative of this game i'm gonna be the reason the team wins we're gonna have a comeback and it's because i single-handedly put the team on my back yeah i just willed this comeback into existence um and yeah so on the next next possession john starks has the ball Gets a little pick from Ewing, two dribbles, and just pops another three, buries it. Incredible, 16 man. points in the quarter. It is now a two-point game. John Starks is 6 of 7 from the field in the fourth. It's 84-82 Rockets with one minute and 15 seconds left. Um, and you're just like, like, holy shit. Like, I, yeah, again, I just, like, I was like, I, I knew that, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we can we can talk about yeah. you know everything at, at the at the end of these proceedings. But um, so sixteen points now in the fourth. Starks has the ball stolen by Hakeem. Out of forty-five seconds. Here's Starks stolen by Elijah, and he's fouled by Ewing. The Knicks are over the limit, so Elijah Wan will go to the line. He, he drives and makes what's it wasn't like a stupid play like he the idea because he sucked in the defense opening up Ewing so he kind of tried to flip it over his head but Elijah sniffed it out uh, deflects and steals the ball from him um, but then but then Chris this was one of the more inexplicable things that happened in the entire NBA Finals to me right after Elijah deflects and steals the ball there's under a minute to go now two point game yeah. Patrick Ewing just kind of grab, like just kind of shoves him. It looks like an isn't it an intentional foul or was it just kind of like a frustration? Like oh, we just got a turnover. Like I don't want you to have a fast break now. But it was like a completely unnecessary foul. It's yeah. a two point game. They could have There's just played like defense. Forty five seconds left. Um, absolutely no reason to foul. Just play some defense. You're still in it. But the Knicks are in the penalty. So when Ewing just shoves Olajuwon out of bounds following the Olajuwon steal, that sends Hakeem to the line because the Knicks are over the limit. I was just like, what the fuck was that for? I mean, I guess you could just say, like, uh, he wasn't thinking and he just wanted to, like, kind of, or maybe he was just exhausted and he knew he, like, couldn't rush back on defense. Um, But very... It doesn't make sense. No. Very not great play from Patrick. I I hate to say it, but... Yeah, not a great play from Patrick, but I also wonder how much of it was just, like... I don't know. I... 
Yeah, I agree. It was not a great play from Patrick, but I also wonder if that was just sort of like the mentality where like the first thing you did was just foul somebody. Like, I it does strike me as something that he was like conditioned to do. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I mean, in the moment you're probably just thinking like, okay, it's sort of like the end of the game. Like, I, I don't totally have my eye on the clock. Like, we I don't need to know. just foul him to stop the clock. We need thing. to just like, yeah, yeah. kind of like regroup, like reset everything. But he didn't reset. He sent Olajuwon to the line for two free throws, yeah. which Olajuwon, of course, hit. Right. Um, puts the Rockets up four, 86-82, 39.3 seconds left in the game. Derek Harper um, finds Anthony Mason, <laughs> right? So this was, this was wild to me. The Knicks call a timeout following the Olajuwon free throws. And the play that they come, with, come up with out of a timeout, uh, John Stark's reminder has 16 points on the quarter. Uh, he's completely uh, unconscious shooting the ball. And the play that the Knicks come, out, come up with out of their timeout is Derek Harper driving the lane and passing to Anthony Mason for a <laughs> mid-range baseline jumper. Uh, Anthony Mason is not a mid-range baseline jumper Could shooter. that um, have possibly been the play that they came up with? I mean, <laughs> I guess you just take what you get. You need a basket. I have but to believe the play There's like, 30 seconds left in a, in a potential finals clinching game. You need a basket. You're down to four. And Anthony Mason <laughs> has an open baseline jumper, takes it, and makes it. <laughs> and he hits. I was just like, What? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, I have to believe the play was like, Harper's going to take it to the rim, and then the defense just collapsed on him, and he passed out. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine. I think imagine. he was just like, I'm going to get swallowed up here. I have to I have to. Yeah, pass. yeah. I can't imagine Pat Riley was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Harper, you drive to the rim, and then kick <laughs> yeah. it out to Anthony Mason for a 20 We're going to get our sharpshooter Mason. <laughs> 20 feet the, away from the, the basket <laughs> on the elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that Mason was just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll take this shot. All right, so um, Rockets come down. They're up by two. Kenny Smith. Yeah, 30 seconds left now. Kenny Smith So Knicks need to stop, and then they'll still have a yeah, position. Yeah. Dude, so there's about a six or seven difference between the shot clock and the play clock. Knicks are playing good defense. Kenny Smith forces up a bad shot. Knicks snatch the rebound, and that's it. 7.6 seconds left. Knicks have yeah. the ball. Call time. It was out. incredible. Down by incredible one on one defense from Derek Harper. We got to say he was playing Kenny straight up one on one and just completely, completely stymied him. And I got to uh, say, forces man, him into a terrible shot. Kenny's shot went halfway down and it just spun I know. and popped out. It was really close. It was not a good look, but he he almost got it to go. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Knicks have uh, have the ball uh, down to. Um, uh, seven seconds left to uh, to win the NBA Finals. Hard starts. Rockets do not want to foul. Starts for three. Came up short. And Jake O'Donnell indicating the game is over. And it will go to a seventh and decisive game on Wednesday. Maxwell's, Maxwell's guarding Starks. Waits for Ewing to come up to free him. But of course, by Ewing coming up to set the pick, mm-hmm. the person that switches on to John Starks after Maxwell is picked is Hakeem Olajuwon, I mean, which is Ewing's man. Let's tip our cap here to Hakeem Olajuwon, because if you slow down the video, Ben, as Patrick yeah. is running up to set the screen, look what, look what Olajuwon is doing. He's already hedging toward... Yeah, he's going towards the corner. He's going to the baseline. He's going toward... The, the side of the court that he knows where Starks is going to make a break to, right? Yep. 
So, totally. so Hakeem sees what's happening here. He knows the shot is going to Starks. He knows where Starks is going to try to take the shot from. So Starks comes off the screen and he hoists up a fadeaway three, uh, off balance kind of fadeaway three, shooting over Hakeem Olajuwon, and he just misses it. Um, and um, yeah, I mean it's Hakeem. I think it's pretty definitive that Hakeem got a finger on it. It's, a, it's an air ball. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, it's not like super clear from, from our like, you know, shitty SD footage, but I've seen replays where it's like, you know, everyone says like he got a fingernail on it, whatever. Sure. Um, I would have to believe that's true since Starks airballed it. Even um, if he didn't get a finger I on it, it's just like his view is so obstructed by this. Oh yeah. It's not a, not a, not a good shot. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. And the Knicks lost the game. Final score. Yeah, Knicks lose by two. 86-84. Yeah. So Starks finishes with 27 points, 16 in the fourth quarter. Um, Let's have the conversation that I know we both want to have about this game and this player, which is John Starks, right? mm -hmm. So I think we've had this conversation before about Charles Smith, and now we're having it about John Starks. But it's so funny, man, like the narrative that I know that we both grew up sort of digesting and regurgitating or whatever is, uh, I mean, should we say spoiler alert, the Knicks do not win the 1994 NBA finals in case uh, (laughs) you're not a student of history. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to come as a shock to to any of our listeners. Um, But 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 it it was always sort of uh, explained by like you know sports talking heads and 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 whatever that the reason the Knicks didn't win the NBA Finals is because John Starks was bad. And and, yeah, and John John Starks choked in Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reality of the situation is that like. the Knicks would never even be in the position to be in a game seven without some pretty incredible heroics on John Stark's part. Yeah. Um, I think honestly, uh, like not, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can say this without even saying like in hindsight, um, I think at the time, uh, in June of 1994 as an 11 year old, uh, the reason I cried, uh, at the conclusion of game seven, um, was not just that the Knicks lost the NBA Finals, um, but I would say, like, even in that moment, probably about, I don't know, 25 to 40% of my, like, unbearable sadness and grief um, was due to the fact that I knew that John Starks would be the the scapegoat, uh, that, that he would, like, forever, like, live in infamy, Um for what happens uh, in in game seven. And I was just like, I was so heartbroken that my team lost, but I was not equally heartbroken because I, I can't say, you know, like I love John Starks so much, so, so deeply. Um, uh, Like I still, I still was probably a little bit more upset that the Knicks lost, um, you know, sort of in general than I was about the fate of an individual player on the Knicks. But uh, but a, a like significant, significant portion of my, um, you know, just my, my like inner turmoil was, uh, was due to that. Like, I, I just knew how like my friends would like 
make fun of me about John Starks um, and like how yeah. like everyone would would like for the next like fucking ten years uh, say like oh, John Starks two for eighteen like oh, he blew it he choked like anyone who like wanted to like talk trash to Dude, me as a Knicks fan next would bring years. up John Starks's names. I mean, uh, his name. Everything, and that made me so fucking furious. Listen, everything it made me, it was, about the Knicks right now—that's like LOL Knicks. Yeah, is an extension of that moment, right? Like, it, right. It everything about the current embarrassing state of the Knicks uh, can be traced back to the failures of the mid nineties, and yeah. Um, and the reality is, like, that's just not true. Like, that might be the narrative, and that might be the right. thing that, like, people like to joke about, but it's all just a bunch of nonsense. Like, the Knicks have been very embarrassing for the last 20 years, but the right. Knicks of 30, like, the 2003 Knicks were super embarrassing and totally worth making fun of, but the 1994 Knicks were not. Um, yeah. And... I it's interesting man like I thinking to myself I'm curious like what are the uh what are the uh things this playoff rewatch this this quarantine rewatch what are the things that you are sort of remembering or sort of like finding that are like not true about like what you remember about the Knicks Well yeah I think it's I think one of the sort of themes that's jumped out to me that that was like you know, starker than than I had remembered was like the whole media narrative, which is yeah. um, like I think what maybe what you're getting at of yeah. like how this team was portrayed not just in like the local New York media, but by fucking NBC, by the national media right. that was you know broadcasting the games. It was always they were just always presented as this like undesirable, <laughs> inferior product, right. um, and that was not true. That was a false. That was a a a fabrication right. of the media <laughs> of the of of uh and like it like didn't bother me as much as a kid because i was just like not really aware of like how that stuff worked i guess and i wasn't really you know i just wasn't experienced i was fucking 11 years old i didn't think about like how media works like i was just like oh no bob costas and marv albert are like the men who like tell the truth they're the guys on tv who talk to me so like of course they're they're right um but it's basically like, yeah, the way a, a narrative gets formed. And obviously it happens over and over again in all facets of American life is like, you know, something happens and then the story is never the actual story. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's frustrating. That's very frustrating and it makes you feel crazy. Uh, and <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and actually just make the comparison between <laughs> the 1994 New York Knicks and like, our current state of like politics of how when you watch something as like a sentient, like thinking adult and you're like, well, I'm pretty sure like this is actually how it should be or like how uh, something went. And then you're like given a completely different story uh, on in like the news or the or like, or just whatever you're the political party you're affiliated with. And you're just like, wait, what? Like what? What is what's wrong with everyone? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> and it makes you feel like you're losing your mind. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I guess I don't really know what my point is, but I feel like I'm I'm getting maybe I'm just projecting all of my current like psychosis onto this dumb basketball team from 26 years ago. Um, no, no, maybe no. I don't know, but it certainly 
Yeah, like the thing that was so infuriating on top, it was like the double indignity of having my team lose and then having everyone blame the lie wrong person it. for that <laughs> yeah, loss yeah, and yeah. lie about it and like yeah. and just like and just like completely like miss the story and like and like in in many cases intentionally so to fucking troll me right uh, or to troll any Knicks fan and it's just right. it sucks it's a shitty shitty feeling on top of an already very shitty feeling which is watching your team lose uh in in you know dramatic fashion um, yeah i mean the glaring so. the glaring stories that i'm sort of that i totally misunderstood as a child were um charles smith was a choke artist and it was like actually no charles smith was hounded by incredible defense charles smith just completely missed four wide open dunks in a row it's like no actually uh, the bulls played incredible defense uh that's one the other one i really did not remember slash misunderstood was um actually Derek harper was a very good player for the knicks oh yeah yeah, yeah, I, I completely I, forgot about I, that. I, 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 uh, it's. I don't think that one was like a media misrepresentation. It's more just like I for, I just didn't really understand how good he was for the Knicks right. in, in clutch moments. Right. Um, the other major thing that we're seeing in this game is like actually, John Starks was like a fucking superhero. Like he. He had like a Reggie Miller moment here in game six. And yeah, he really if did. He, if he was able to nail that three to end the game, he would be, he would be a legend. He would be like a New York sports legend. And frankly, I mean, if he already is like he, like he's revered yeah. in this town, but, um, no, can you imagine if that three goes down, it's a, it's an NBA finals winning buzzer beating three pointer to win by one point. And it would be his 19th uh, point of, of the quarter. Um, seven of eight uh, shooting, uh, I believe it, it would have been. Um, he would have been like, it would have been, it would, he would have been remembered as like one of the all time, like most legendary single Clutch. game finals yeah. performances. He would have been the NBA finals MVP. Um, Fucking like Reggie, champion. Reg, Reggie, uh, Reggie, uh, Jackson, Reggie Jackson, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, the Reggie runs. Jackson, Mister October, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. would have been like the Reggie Jackson of of New York Knicks basketball. Yeah, no, this would this this performance would go down in history as like one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, but Hakeem Olajuwon got the tip of his finger on the basketball, and therefore everyone just completely forgets it. Sure. Um, all right, man, yeah. we are. Uh, we got one more game left here, buddy. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, we, are we are on so, the doorstep, folks. We are so close, man. We are so close. Yeah. Oh my uh, god! I can't I can believe we're it. actually here. Yeah, I can taste it, and then, um, and then we. Yeah, are... I can taste it too. It's like a metallic kind of weird. <laughs> lead. Uh, it I can't taste quite... a bit like lead. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really good taste. Um, well, man, I would, I would like more of it. Once uh, game seven is behind us, we. Uh, we enter the void man. man we enter the nothingness and then fuck yeah we do i mean we're already in the void sure but then we enter out of the void and into a new void i believe uh most likely so yeah i uh i really can't cannot wait uh to um to continue and to complete this journey with you chris <laughs> i can't believe that we are almost at the end Oh, on the uh, on the plus side, we get Frazier and Law and Order tonight on NBC. Oh, following good. the game, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go, Ben. I uh, <laughs> I I have a lot of anxiety. I am already feeling a lot of anxiety about this game seven. 
Um, yeah. So I want you to have a good week, man. And I want you to just try to focus, try to put put your mind in a good place. I want you to make good, healthy, positive choices. I want you to try to eat well, sleep well, see your family, hug mm-hmm. your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just um, be good to yourself. Be kind. And um, that's it, man. Stay safe. Uh, keep yeah, wearing a thank keep you. wearing a mask. Uh, yeah, you some, do the same, Chris. Get some fresh you air. You know, pet pet Frank a lot. Hello. Um, Hello. Give him a hug and a kiss. Keep keep trying to uh, you know uh, catch criminals on the streets of Queens yep. whenever whenever yep. you can. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, be healthy. Thanks, man. Be strong. Thank you. Be true to yourself. All right, buddy. I'll see you in uh, that deciding game seven next week. Take care and uh, talk to you in a little bit. All right, Chris. A pleasure as always. You've been listening to Swish. 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 Sw